This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience 2020 PGA Championship. First look, early leans, and research. If you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, super easy. Hit the description of this video or podcast. Get the link to the Pat Mayo Experience open on DraftKings. Three max entry, $15 to play, no rake, over $100,000 of guaranteed money. It's down there. Go click on it. Boom. And if you end up from the video version to the audio version, give it a quick play. You can play it for like two seconds, stop it, then all of a sudden we get counted as a download. That's great news for all of this. We got a ton of content this week for you. So obviously this is the first look show. On Monday, myself and Feinberg will be going through the betting board. On Tuesday, full DraftKings preview. On Wednesday, live chat, 1230 p.m. Eastern Time on the DraftKings YouTube channel. It'll be up on the Pat Mayo Experience audio feed after the fact. Obviously, you can't ask live questions on an audio podcast that has been previously recorded. So if you have questions, tune in to the live chat, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the DraftKings YouTube channel. You can also find it on facebook.com slash the PME as well, if that's where you prefer to ask your questions. It'll probably be up on Twitter as well. All of giveaways this week for the DraftKings Millionaire Maker. Yeah, there's a Millionaire Maker again this week. A lot of great contests on DraftKings for the year's first major. I generally give those away on my Twitter feed at the PME at noon Eastern time on Wednesday. It's a random draw. It goes for two hours. You may want to be following at the PME on Twitter if you want to get into a draw for one of these tickets into the year's first majors millionaire maker. Now we have two more majors to go. So let's get it off on the right foot. Also, all the stats and tools you'll see on this episode are going to be from fantasynational.com. Now, if you want to get 20% off fantasynational.com, go to fantasynational.com slash Mayo, M-A-Y-O, and get yourself that discount. It is the tool that will give you the best advantage into knowing more about the PGA Championship and every golf tournament in general. Highly recommend it. I use it. It's really improved my game. I'm no longer the worst at DraftKings. I'm just, like, mediocre to okay. But, hey, it's, it's worth it for me. So you can get the weekly, the monthly, or the annual. If you just want to dip your toes into the water, the weekly makes a lot of sense. The monthly, very good value as well. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo. Remember to like the episode if you're watching the video. And in the comment section, give me your early lean to win the Wanamaker Trophy. Is it going to be Brooks for the third year in a row? I mean, probably. The way that he's been, you know, off and on. If he just gets it all together for four rounds, no one's going to catch the guy. So we'll see how that ends up turning out. Also, please 
Rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts, just scroll to the bottom, boom, click five stars, and we are on our way. If you use Stitcher, you got to do it through the desktop version for whatever reason, but please help out the show that way. That is the currency of the show to help keep everything free. There's no paid content here. All the shows will remain free as of right now, as long as we can keep getting those likes and ratings and reviews. Share the show around to tell people about the Pat Mayo Experience. Let's jump right in to the course. TPC Harding Park, we haven't seen this since the 2015 WGC match play, which Rory McIlroy ended up winning. But the course itself, and even the layout of the holes, is going to be a little bit different. So what we're looking at for this week is going to be a par 70. That's down from a 71 at that match play. Par 70, 7,234 yards. That's what they're officially calling it. Although, I will say it looks like they're going to extend the course on a lot of days. So it could play up to around 7,400 yards, 7,400 yard par 70. That's no joke. Uh, And the greens were replaced in 2013 going from POA to bent grass or still POA trivials that are going to be in there. So that should slow down the greens a little bit and just being on the coast in San Francisco. First time that San Francisco has ever held the PGA championship, by the way, us open across the street at Olympic club. Sure. Like in 1998, when it was held at Olympic club, TPC Harding park was used as a parking lot. That's how many renovations that has gone under the past 22 years to get it ready for this moment. There's going to be another president's cup here in five years as well. It hosted in 2009 as well. But what I'm looking for at this course, apparently the rough is shockingly long. Uh, I don't know if they're going to trim that up. That's why you need to watch the shows Wednesday. We should have a better sense of how the green speeds are going to play, how the rough is actually going to be cut. But as it stands right now, it's super long. It's more than ankle deep. So you're going to be want to hit in some fairways. There's trees and a ton of sand, almost no water. On this course, so some of the blow-up holes that you saw at something like TPC Southwind or even at Memorial probably just aren't going to be in play here. Now, this course should play a little bit harder because it's going to be set up for a championship design. In my mind, when I'm thinking about PGA Championships, yes, uh, last year was super tough. Uh, That was also a really long course. Uh, I'm getting vibes from like Quail Hollow a little bit and how that setup was when Justin Thomas won a few years ago. You had like Molinari and Louie, just very accurate drivers of the ball, good long iron players. And frankly, I'm not sure what the green speeds are going to be here, but it could mitigate some of the putting. I think it's going to play firm and fast. So this was originally scheduled to be held in May. We're now in August, Uh, the early forecast. And again, on Wednesday, I'll check more back in with the weather, but there appears to be a little bit of rain on Wednesday as of right now, but nothing throughout the course of the tournament. Some high winds like 15 to 25 mile per hour, at least on Thursday and Friday, as it stands right now, and super hot. You think off the coast, you get some fog, you get some thick air, you get some wetness. It's not looking like that right now. This place could be absolutely fried. So that would actually just lead me to believe, like, what kind of players would do well there? Thick, rough, you may need to hit some worm burners to get it up there. Who are the short hitters? I'm thinking some Euros, like a Matthew Fitzpatrick type, or even a Tyrrell Hatton, uh, Danny Willett. Like, these type of British players could with these, like, especially if everything remains baked out, that although the greens might not be super fast, they're going to be super firm. At least that's what the weather and time of year would have me believe, that those guys are just used to playing in those circumstances. A lot like Bay Hill from earlier this year, when you have fast, firm, and super windy. You might want to take a look at that leaderboard. We're going to be throwing out a lot of ideas this week. It's only Sunday. We can figure this out as we move along and try to really narrow down on the types of guys we want to play. But that's my early instinct when looking at this course and seeing how it's going to play. Now, 
I actually do think that it's somewhat telling both Memorial and Southwind were good lead-ins to this tournament because like when you look at Southwind, it's another longer par 70, just like this is going to play that I don't, I think it's going to play a little bit tougher. And obviously there's not as much water, like I mentioned, but long and straight off the tee. If you can figure that out, you're going to have such a huge advantage at this course. Other than that, you probably lean on like the prototypical Jim Furyk types, someone who almost hits every single fairway and is good with his long irons. Someone like Brennan Todd would initially stick out to me, but he doesn't hit his long irons all that well, but he's an absolute dynamo on bent grass. Maybe he can make up for it with his putting. But if they get caught in the rough whatsoever, you're going to want to have those big forearm guys, the Brooks, the Brysons, the Roms. They will be able to navigate this rough if it stays so long. Some of the smaller guys just won't have that capability to get it up to the green. Then you're relying a lot on around the green. The fairways, generally speaking, at TPC Harding Park are rather wide, but they've been trimmed by 60% for this tournament. This is how much they're taking this seriously. So uh, you're going to be able... You have to keep it in the short grass, it appears right now, or you're just not playing for birdie whatsoever. Uh, so accuracy is probably more of a lean, but where this could reach up to 7,400 yards, like that extra distance is going to come in so handy uh, from the, on this course. So it's a really kind of a smorgasbord. They're really setting it up that almost anyone can win because even one of the par fives, it's over 600 yards. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be very many eagle opportunities. It looks like almost a three-shot hole. Now, Bryson can kind of break the game a little bit if he starts driving at 400 yards off the tee but generally i think you're going to be looking at a three shot par five and it's not going to be that easy there are three holes that really stick out to me on this course though the first hole is 393 yards it's almost straight away there's going to be rough there's a bunker up to the right um, and you think 393 yards uh, sounds like a bit of an easy hole, very narrow fairway. But I think of someone like Bryson, who, if the conditions are right, the air is thin, maybe he has the wind at his back, he might take a go at this. And maybe a few guys. There's not enough players in the field to really consider that can make a go of this. And it is off the first tee that I mean, you can put yourself in an awful lot of trouble early on if you really mess up the hole or just miss right. But I, I can see Bryson giving this one a go if the conditions are proper, because even if you do miss left, then it's just an up and down it's a hard up and down but it's still just an up and down probably more preferable than hitting it from 120 yards out instead of being like 30 feet from off the green so we'll see how that goes number seven could be drivable on certain days it's only 340 yards this is where the t adjustments are going to come into play just like the drivable number 16 336 yards i'm guessing it's going to be set up a lot like memorial was with number 15 where one of the days probably one for each of these holes that they're going to set it up with the t boxes up so guys can take a run at it other than that it's probably going to be moved back and that's where the extra yardage is really going to come into play off the t and like i said if it's going to be close to 7400 yards as a par 70 this is where it all comes from there's two par fours that are under three par fours under 400 yards there's one or sorry two from 400 to 450 there are six from 450 to 500 yards and one par four over 500 yards so driving accuracy so distance and accuracy the best combination you can find of those and who strikes their long irons well because when we look at the par threes there's four of them two of them one of them is super long it's like 240 yards and the other one is over 200 yards so that proximity range from like 175 and up going to be super critical this week um like i said if the greens are very firm it might be hard to hold them so therefore the closer you can be to the hole the more loft you can put on your club the more air you can get on the ball and the easier it's going to drop and potentially hold the these greens 
So you really need to kind of think about how this course is going to play for some people. Like if you have a shorter hitter who might not be great with their long irons, like a Brennan Todd, you better hope they're good around the greens and can navigate this rough. Now, Brennan Todd, an excellent sand player, really good touch around the greens. Webb Simpson is another one like that. Although he is good with his long irons, he tends to struggle a little bit off the tee. But you want to make sure that short game is up to snuff when it comes down to it. Let's jump over to fantasynational.com. Actually, you know what? Let's let's hold on here. I got a few more news updates to hit you with. And I'm recording this on a Saturday evening, so if anything happens overnight into Sunday, well, we'll just rectify that on the Monday show. This is a first look show, so don't hold me to anything on this one. Hopefully, you can get some good nuggets out of it. So the I mentioned that the President's Cup is going to be played here in 2025. If you're looking for course history, although it's not going to be set up nearly the same, uh, the 2005 WGC Cadillac Tiger won, beat John Daly in a playoff, the 2009 President's Cup, and the 2015 match play. What we were looking at from the 2015 match play, Rory and Gary Woodland came one and two. Danny Willett defeated Jim Furyk, who also had a nice run at Olympic Club both times, by the way. Uh, so maybe looking over uh, on the Webb Simpson U.S. Open, when he ended up winning, maybe that's a way that you can look at this. Maybe that's an angle that you can take. Uh, but Willett beat Furyk in the third place game. The round of eight was Paul Casey, Louis Eustazen, John Send in the Clowns, and Tommy Fleetwood. The round of 16, the guys advancing out of their pods, Hideki, Charles, J.B. Holmes, who was not playing this week. Leishman, Fowler, Hunter Mahan, who I don't think is playing this week. Lee Westwood and Brendan Grace, who just tested positive for COVID at the Barracuda Championship. So I'm guessing that he's not going to be in the field. So we'll get another name added. I'll go through the withdraws and the recent ads here in a second. Yeah, as I record this, the DraftKings pricing is not out as of yet. I'm guessing that they're waiting for the field to be finalized for doing anything like that. So I'd expect to see it on Sunday evening or potentially Monday morning. Maybe we'll get it on Sunday morning. And by the time you watch this, this will already be out. But uh, they probably don't want to release the pricing, then have to go update new players into the field. Like uh, it just seems like a hassle. You might as well just do it all at once. Other guys with good records in their pods, two and one records from their pods, but did not advance to the round of 16 at the match play. Webb, Brooks, Chris Kirk, Patrick Reed, Dustin, Zach Johnson, Charlie Hoffman, Justin Rose, Bubba Watson, Bill Haas, Jordan Spieth, and Billy Horschel. They all went two and one, but did not advance in that year. Uh, the actual withdraws right now, J.B. Holmes is out with a shoulder issue that he pulled up before workday with that. He's still injured right now. Would have been a nice setup for him, to tell you the truth, although who the hell wants to roster J.B. Holmes? It's just infuriating. You just Even when you roster him, you hope that he loses, so that's never a fun time. Holmes, Paul Waring, Patty Harrington, Francesco Molinari, not playing. Neither is Thomas Peters. So you have four Euros who aren't playing, although I thought Molinari had moved to Los Angeles. I guess not. And Brennan Grace is now on the bubble of whether he can play or not. I'm waiting for a ruling from the PGA Tour on that. But the guys who are now in the field because of that, Harold Varner III, Troy Merritt, Taylor Gooch, Russell Henley, and Wyndham Clark all have a secure spot in this field. The next first alternate up would probably take the place of Brennan Grace, but again, we'll wait for the finalized field. Uh, and since the match play, an additional 400 yards have been added to the course to make it championship caliber. And I'm thinking that the PGA Championship doesn't want to mess around with these roughs. They want to make this as difficult of a test as possible. So now... Let's switch over to FantasyNational.com and check out what's going on. Uh, I had mentioned some of the different stats that I was thinking about doing, and I'll probably update. Uh, I haven't built a model yet, so let's do that. Let's go to Custom Stat Model, and anyone can enter their own stats on this, by the way. Again, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo if you want to become a member and get access to all these tools. And it doesn't matter what membership that you're going with. Uh, you will get full access to the site as long as you're a member. Let's create, add new 
Let's make a new model for ourselves here. Let's call this PGA Championship. We should probably try to spell it right. 2020. Save that name. All right, let's bring everything down to zero. We have our, we'll just delete everything to start off with. I had mentioned that I do want to have a balance um, of long off the tee and accuracy as well. So let's go driving distance in fairways gain. That is the accuracy stat from fantasynational.com. It's better than driving accuracy because it doesn't take into consideration the rest of the field. I've harped on this a few times, but like if you play Kapalua, for example, you're going to have a situation where the fairways are absolutely ginormous and everyone's going to hit them. So what does that really tell you about driving accuracy if you get to play 72 holes at a course where people hit the fairway around 80% of the time? That doesn't really tell you you're good at driving accuracy. That's just a number. Fairways gain actually weights your accuracy versus the field that week so you only get a positive number if you finish in the top half and the higher you finish the more positive your number is ditto in the inverse for the negatives when it comes down to it that's why i prefer fairways gain that's why we use that stat so we're going to go with those and we're not going to weight them all that highly we're probably going to go five and five we'll see how everything works out strokes gained off the tee i do think is going to be pretty critical here we're going to go strokes gained approach as well that's the most important stat every single week if you're just getting into this i'm going to add proximity 175 to 200 and then 200 plus where are my proximity numbers here 200 plus i had mentioned those really long par fours let's try to get a snippet of that so there are six of them that fall in this par four 450 to 500 category with another one over so that should give us a pretty good judge and i understand that some of these stats repeat on themselves so we'll try to fiddle with the weighting just a little bit if you just wanted to combine strokes gained approach and off the tee strokes gained bs ball striking is pretty big just like short game is an amalgamation a summation of strokes gained around the green strokes gained putting but i want to specifically target strokes gained around the green for this one what else do i want to put in do i really want to go chasing opportunities gained and birdies probably not eagles this week uh, i don't like things like bogey avoidance or scrambling i think those are disingenuous stats in terms of predictive nature uh, i put in the proximity ranges for these so that should be good for the par threes i think that's going to do it for me here ah, you know what let's go with opportunities gained opportunities gained is a fantasy national stat that measures greens in regulation and greens under regulation um, in terms of birdie opportunities that are inside 15 feet so actual birdie looks if you make the putt I mean, this just doesn't weight putting into birdie average on close approaches so that kind of doubles up with strokes gained approach a little bit and some of these proximity ranges but like i said strokes gained approach the most important let's go 25 percent uh, we can fiddle around with these after strokes gained off the tee. Let's narrow that back down to 15% because we're going to go five and five with distance uh, and accuracy. And sometimes you can weight these at zero if you want just to have them. Like I'm going to add putting because yeah, I mean, putting is important. That shouldn't be overlooked here. Uh, even if you wanted to weight it at zero or even we'll put it at 5% for right now. But just this is another way that you can just build the table that you look at on the screen uh, for all the stats that you want to see. I think around the green is going to be critical into saving yourself here. Obviously, you don't want to have guys rely on their short games whatsoever, but strokes gained around the green should come into play a little bit. We'll go 5% on opportunities gained. We'll go 5% on this proximity range from 175 to 200. Let's go 10%, and we'll go 10% on these par fours as well. 
Uh, so we're at 95%. I'm going to check in one more proximity range. Uh, just And this is just more of an inkling. I might change this up as the week goes along. You're free, obviously, to do whatever you want on this. But if we're looking at either scrambling, if you get the ball at a play, uh, and you have to chip out sideways or on some of these longer per fives where you just might have a wedge and I'm going to wait just a little bit uh 100 to 125 proximity uh just to say hey that could be a, instead of using scrambling maybe use that to say hey can guys save themselves if they get themselves off course uh instead of around the green that does not cover it so let's load that in and just kind of see who pops up so we're looking at the past 36 rounds last three months basically that's just me isolating what has happened since the hiatus ended on the PGA Tour. Again, the WGC stats will be loaded in uh, late on Sunday evening or early on Monday morning, so you can refresh everything. You can tweak what you want. When we look at the rankings, we're going to have Hovland, Thomas, Sergio, Morikawa, Rom, Xander, Bubba, Answer, Neiman, and Finau all come in uh, since the COVID break. Maybe that changes a little bit because Hovland's not having a great week at the WGC. Maybe he drops down a little bit. But one of the things you really have to enjoy with this, and then we're back to a full field cut event, 21st in the field in driving distance, 28th in fairways. Like that is essentially, you're not really going to find maybe Rom is better. Yeah, 13 and 13. Who else kind of rates really highly if we just look at distance? So Matthew Wolf, Xander, I guess Rory rates out well there. Rom, Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Sungjae Im. Wow, I didn't realize Sungjae was up there so highly. Billy Horschel is another one with distance and hits a lot of fairways. Justin Rose, who took the week off the WGC, and someone like Abraham Answer. And then when I talked about like the long iron guys, this is how you would use this. So you have Brennan Todd, Jim Furyk. It's contended on the Champions Tour this week. Kyle Stanley making a run at the Barracuda. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Abraham Answer, Kevin Na, Morikawa. I mean, Morikawa is such a nice play this week. Oh, Jesus, Casey. Maybe he maybe he lost all of the putt, all of the strokes gained putting the past two events so he could get them all back here. Revy is interesting, to be perfectly honest. He's playing well. The ball striking is way back up. We saw him contend at a major last year when it came down to it at the U.S. Open, also in California. Uh, he's played really well in California in his career. So let's. these are the guys you want to look at their long iron. So... You know, Furyk, eh, iffy, Todd. These are on field average. This isn't bad by any means. Same with Fitzpatrick. But then you go to the long irons, like the 200-plus proximity. Fitzpatrick, answer. Oh, God, Griot. If Griot could just putt, it would be fantastic. Uh, and Griot actually sets up really well. Oh, God, I'm going to use Emiliano Griot in my lineups and just get absolutely burned. Uh, Jason Duffner is another one. Uh, I mean, the one thing you can say about these guys, they're not great putters. <laughs> we kind of know that. But uh, these accuracy guys have been playing really well. Who disqualifies themselves in terms of strokes gained around the green? Uh, we don't have all the odds in yet so far. When the full field ends up getting released, we can look at that uh, much better. But you can see, like, we, we're only tracking, what is it, 78 players right now that are in the field. And some guys just don't have stats uh, for the moment. But... When the full field gets put in, uh, we're going to find out, you know, who's who when it comes down to it. Uh, when it comes to putting, you have guys like, you know, Hideki and Grio, Knox, Lowry. Lowry's kind of interesting because we know he can get a hot putter. And he, you know, he won a major last year. He can play out of the rough really well. He's good out of the sand. And the ball striking numbers, you know, are 
around where you would want them to be. So I, I don't really mind him all that much. But like I said, you can really tweak the field to any way that you want. If we just switch back just over to regular strokes gained, there is something that you can do in this as well. Um, if we just kind of take a look, uh, and we're going to go back by the past 100 rounds overall, just to kind of dig back into time. Uh, and we're going to take that off last three months and go to all records. give ourselves a larger sample here and eh, maybe we can cut this back down uh, from 100 rounds but what i wanted to look at was par 70s so we did this last week for Southwind. i believe it was rory and webb rory obviously not playing all that great the tee to green is really kind of cost him let's go to past 24 rounds on par 70s to see who's playing well uh, on this length of course so strokes gain total uh, we have rory tiger webb sungjay xander casey Fleetwood, Berger, Korschel, Ryan Palmer, Shane Lowry. If we just look at Tita Green, kind of take putting out of it, you have Rory, Thomas, Casey, Kokrak, Reavy, Woodland, Dustin, uh, who's kind of coming back a little bit, and then Hovland. And if we just look at ball striking, you have Hovland and Casey over the past 24 rounds. Maybe that sample's not big enough. Let's go past 36 rounds, extend this range a little bit, and take a gander at who is doing pretty well. Uh, ball striking Rory Shez. Uh, Shez might just have to be a play. I know if he finishes well with the WGC that it's going to be something. I actually like Stenson just because he's going to be hidden from a lot of the stats because he only has one tournament, but he's playing like okay at the WGC. The irons have been working really well. He's not draining very many putts. Uh, like you see, Molinari is still in the field as of right now. It has not been updated. He is not playing this week, so just keep that in mind. So one thing that we can do, and maybe I will take strokes gain total to see who plays well on these. We can add it to our mixed condition model to try to just figure out the different elements that are going on here. So we're going to call this strokes gain total. And we have SG total last 36 rounds per 70. We can just add that in. And now we're going to take it off of par 70s. And we're going to switch it to 7,200 to 7,400 yards. Uh, maybe we should actually stick with the par 70 on that and take a look uh we'll just see just overall on any type of course because I, I think i'm going to end up going with patrick reed <laughs> as well so rory justin thomas hatton rom and matthew fitzpatrick the problem is when you mix in the par 71s and the par 72s is that you're going to get an additional um the additional par fives that we're just not going to see at this course but let's go past 36 rounds we'll take strokes gained total on this last 36 7,200 to 7,400 yards, all pars, just so we know what that is. And now we're going to narrow it down to par 70s as well, just to see who ends up popping up at the top of this list. I'm guessing it's Rory based on the way that this is going. Uh, oh, it's not. Dustin, Thomas, Tiger, Brooks, Rory, Casey, Spieth, Berger, Reavy, Rom. So let's add that in, and we'll call that strokes gain total. And we'll call it last 36 7,200 to 7,400, and we'll call it par 70. Because some par 70s are super short, some of them are super long. Uh, so let's take that off the board. We'll unclick par, and we'll unclick the course length. And I think it's going to play hard. 
this week. Um, so we're going to go with scoring relative to part difficult. See what the best players overall the past 36 rounds are on tracks that have played difficult relative to par. And if we just look at Rory's, we can kind of pull up to see what courses are actually being counted in that Memorial API Genesis Zozo for the first round tour championship, the open, the U S open Canadian open for one round. Um, so that's what we're looking at from guys like Rory. If we go strokes gain total Cantley, Rory Cantley actually rebounded kind of nicely Saturday at the WGC. I'm very interested to see what he is up to on Sunday. If he can get the, cause he's going to be like, even if he shoots like five under on Sunday, he's going to be like no better than T40 or something like that with the way that he took himself out of it right away that maybe he Cantley's never really sneaky is the problem. Um, so we're going to go add that to the column strokes gain total last 36. And you can, I'm not saying you need to use past 36. You use past 300 you can pass 100 past five rounds if you wanted to whatever you want to play it in uh, so we're going to strokes gain total difficult courses and that is not how you spell difficult but that is so we're going to add that to the model for the past 36 and maybe we should add T to Green in there as well. Thomas, Rory, Woodland, Sergio, Cantley, Hideki, Im, Dustin, Rom, Morikawa. Dustin, maybe even if he has a bad round at the very end here. I mean, we haven't seen Adam Scott play yet this year, although T to Green, you can see, I mean, we know that he's a bad putter, but T to Green plays very well on difficult style tracks. Where's Patrick Reed in all of this? I feel like he generally plays pretty well. Uh, 25th overall, 61st T to Green. So, you know what? I'm going to add in difficult and the course length, the 7,200 to 7,400. So I'll try to weed out some of those more difficult ones and maybe see what that kind of pops up. This is one of the things about Fantasy National that you just kind of, you fuck around with everything, and you know maybe you'll find something you like. So strokes gain total, last 36. Difficult, um, 72 to 7,400 yards. Uh, so we're adding the strokes gain total. The strokes gain total leaders in that, Cantley, Spieth, JT, Paul Casey, Dustin, Stanley, Day Lowry, Finau, Rom. Uh, this will be better once we get all of like the the back end guys. If you're searching for sleepers this week, you can rerun these things. Actually, actually, why I'm building this right now. So the last thing that we're going to look at. So we'll click off difficult. We're going to click off of course length. Uh, I did. I don't. I can't confirm that the course is actually playing firm. I'm guessing it's going to play super firm just based on the way that everything is going. But we can look at greens right now. Uh, we know it's bent grass uh, with the POA trivial. So maybe the POA makes it run a little bit bumpy, a little bit slower. But over the past 36 rounds, we see that Na, Spieth, Snedeker, Putnam, Thorbjord, Olison, Hadwin, Matt Wallace, Martin Keimer, Kevin Kisner, and Billy Horschel are your leaders. Alex Noren is up there too. Don't sleep on Noren. He, lo- he likes himself a good difficult course. Uh, so we'll add those guys in strokes game putting. Last 36, bent grass. And once we get some more intel on the course, maybe we can add like the green speed, the green firmness to it. Like I said, I'm guessing that the greens are going to play firm. So let's go with firm greens overall, past 36 rounds. Try to load that in and look at strokes gained ball striking, or let's just look at strokes gained approach because really that's what I'm concerned about when it comes down to firm greens. Uh, how do guys hold these greens in terms of approach? You have Morikawa, Stenson, Casey, Kokrak, Rory, Knox, 
Cantlay, Hideki, Scott, Rose, Sergio, Scheffler. Rafa Cabrera-Bayo pops up there too once we look at firm greens and strokes gained approach. Let's add in strokes gained approach. Last 36, firm greens. The last one that I'm going to look at is strokes gained off the tee as it pertains to difficult-to-hit fairways. I think these are going to be difficult-to-hit fairways. They seem rather thin. Again, I could be completely wrong on that, and you'll see that difficult-to-hit fairways, Bay Hill. Maybe Bay Hill is a really good indicator for this course. I know it's a longer course with the extra par fives, but just seeing the way that the guys can navigate that, it's also a coastal course. You have high winds there. Now, water plays much more of a factor, and it's Bermuda Greens at API than it would at TPC Harding Park, but that could be sort of the approach game that you're looking for. But again, with water, some of the approaches could get skewed a little bit. With strokes gained off the tee on courses with difficult-to-hit fairways, you have Cam Champ, Rory, Dustin, Bubba, Bryson, Xander, Paul Casey, John Rahm, Tommy Fleetwood, Jason Kokrak. Then you're into List, Mitchell, Cantley, Morikawa, Horschel, Fitzpatrick, which is kind of surprising considering he doesn't hit the ball a ton. Ah, man, have I talked myself into Grio and Fitzpatrick? At least Fitzpatrick can putt. That's always a good thing. So strokes gained off the tee, last 36. Hard fairways to hit. And we'll add that to the mixed condition model. Now what we can do, uh, you can also take your custom model too and add that into the mixed condition model uh, if you want to. This is still in the beta version, but it's a fun one to kind of load in. So let's just say we weight everything equally. We have them all at 12%, but you can mess around with that if you want. If we want to move this up to 15% um, and move down the bent grass to 10%, and you can just kind of mess around with all the totals you want, then we can add our mixed condition model as it pertains over the last 36 rounds, who is the best at all of these things? And it comes out, Rory, Xander, JT, Cantley, Casey. God, the system loves Casey, despite the fact that he sucks. Rom, Hideki, Brooks, Fowler, Lowry, um, Bryson, Day, Tiger, Fleetwood, Stenson. If we look at their past 36 rounds, you have guys like Matt Wallace, who are probably kind of intriguing to be popped up. Hovland gets beaten down a little bit on this because of strokes gained total at some of these courses. He just doesn't have a lot of history in spots like this. Who does not rate out well uh, when we look to our ranking? Uh, Juice Luton, not looking so great here. Uh, the Jazz Man, Tom Lewis, Jorge Campillo, Weisberger not rating out all that well. Matthew Wolf not doing great, despite the fact that he popped up in some of the categories. So it really weights a lot of the different stuff. And you can customize this in any way you want. So when I look at it, the bets that I already have in place back from when Jeff and I did the show in December, I have Hovland at 125, Im at 125, and Henrik Stenson at 80. Uh, my early leans right now, I do like Xander a lot. I'm going to give Cantlay a hard look. And I guess Cantlay would be the guy at the very top. I'm curious to see where his odds end up filtering in that's why we're waiting into monday we want to see the conclusion of the barracuda we want to see the conclusion of the wgc and if cantley has a bad week you might get a little bit of a break on his number where if like brooks wins brooks is going to vault from like 14 to 1 to 8 to 1 very quickly i think objectively speaking although he was from like the school of right off the tee which will do him a huge disservice at tpc harding park that brooks he's the back-to-back champ of this he gets himself geared up for majors clearly he's okay 
although a bit inconsistent from what we've seen at Harding Park. I think that he's going to be the most popular pick, um, especially with Bryson not having a good week, Rory not having a good week. I guess if JT storms once again, he's another former PGA Championship winner that he too could end up being a popular pick. But you can't just take everyone near the top. Cantley, I want to do some research on. Morikawa rebounded nicely Saturday at the WGC. He'd been kind of up and down, had a bad travelers, obviously won. Then he had a bit of a rough week at Memorial. Then he started out you know, okay at the WGC, had a bad round, had a good round. So maybe he doesn't have the consistency, but he is a local guy to this area. He's probably played this course hundreds of times in his career. So Morikawa kind of fits the bill of good driver, both distance and accuracy, and a great long iron player. Maybe he is familiar with these greens. His odds aren't great right now. But on DraftKings and maybe even in the outright market that he is someone to take a gamble on uh, this time around, age doesn't really make that much of a difference when it comes to winning a PGA championship. But I think you want to stick with your lane, maybe try to build a team on DraftKings of all the accuracy guys, maybe all the good ball striking guys, the around the green guys. That's the Ben Raza strategy who is going to be on the show on Tuesday to break down how he's looking at this. Maybe you want a grinder like Louie or Shane Lowry, like that type of good driver of the ball, good up and down game, but relatively inconsistent. But if you catch them on the right way, hell, throw Jason Day into that mix. Another guy who's won a PGA championship before. And at least we know that those guys, when putting well, can gain a ton of strokes on the green. Maybe Spieth figures it out a little bit. He's not playing poorly at the WGC. And all of a sudden in these majors, he just tends to pop up out of nowhere and gets things on the go. If he can figure out his driving and just hit fairways, he could be all right here. We've seen him pop up at PGA Championships, difficult PGA Championships. Just look at last year. Like, what the hell was Jordan Spieth doing there? Or maybe you want to play the Eurobin, the Fitzpatrick, the Hatton, uh, the Stenson, uh, maybe even Matt Wallace, who tends to play his best golf at more difficult courses as we've seen in the past. So a lot. And Norin, too. Don't don't forget about old Alex Norin. I think he's in the field. I'm not 100% sure on that, whether he qualified or not. Um, but he was listed on the betting board, so obviously he gets put in in terms of PGA betting. But I'll have a full recap of the stats and everything you want to know on Monday's show with Jeff as we talk about all these players in context of their betting numbers. Then once again, with I th- believe Rick is going to join us if he has the time, but Ben is in for sure on Tuesday, so we can talk it back through then. We're going to get more information as the week moves along, and then you're going to have someone like Patrick Reed, who's just kind of an outlier. He just plays well at big events. Can he do it again? I think he can. Why not, right? So that's always something to look at as well. Thank you for joining me for the first look for the PGA Championship. Good luck with all your lineups on the weekend and probably better luck in the Millionaire Maker than anything that you got going on at the WGC. I'm Pat Mayo. Again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, plus the Cut Sweat Live on Friday. We might even do a showdown show in between all those shows. To help keep the show free, please smash the like button to the episode. Leave your early lean in the comment section. Rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast five stars leave a review if you got the time for it i thank you very much for that share the show around too on social media you give it some retweets you see the article pop up you give it a retweet share it on facebook all of that fun stuff goes so far into helping out this show which i cannot thank everyone enough and i really do appreciate you spreading the word on the pat mayo experience we got football on the go we got ufc on the go we got golf on the go this is going to be one of the biggest weeks for this show all year long. So stay tuned for everything that's going on and play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. The link is in the description of this video and podcast. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!